As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome back to the Athletic Baseball Show for Monday, June 5th. This is On Deck. I'm Stephen Nesbitt, and I'm here with Levi Weaver, who writes the Athletic's daily baseball newsletter, The Windup, with Ken Rosenthal. Levi, how you doing? I'm hanging in this weekend. I am watching the Texas Rangers in their first year outside of the curse of Levi Weaver. Uh, I leave the Rangers beat, and now they are just freaking unstoppable. Uh, on today's show, we are going to talk about Aaron Judge, we're going to preview our favorite series of the week. We are, of course, going to make our homer picks for the week. And Stephen will explain what's really going on with black holes. Spoiler, there are ghosts involved. Cannot wait. Of course there are. And there are also some supernatural powers at work in what's happening in the Bronx. Aaron Judge is doing what I think everyone said in their their hot, hot analysis is offseason would not and could not happen again. He is effectively just redoing what he did last year. He got the bag. He made history last year, and now he's just running it all back. Had he not been on the injured list for a couple weeks uh, early this season, he would basically be replicating or maybe even bettering his numbers from a year ago. As we stand today, he's out on uh, Sunday as we record uh, he banged his, his uh, I think, big toe running into the wall, making a fantastic catch the other day. He also hit a homer in that game. So, assuming he doesn't miss a lot of time, let's let's r- run on that premise. Then he is batting 291, 404, 674 for a 1.078 OPS. He had a 1.111 last year. We're looking at 19 homers at this point, so he's not in the major league lead. However, he's, already, he's still at like 50 homer pace, and that's having a stint on the aisle what this guy is doing is is ridiculous, and it feels like we were kind of promised like a, a flash in the pan year for him, and uh, he's just running it back. Yeah, I had a moment the other night. It was getting late. I was trying to get this newsletter done, and I'm reading through Jason Stark's five wildest uh, stats of the year, and through 47 games. Here, uh, I'm gonna I'll just read it to you. I'll spoil the article. Um, Aaron Judge in 2022 through 47 games, 18 home runs. 2023, 18 home runs. Multi-homer games, four home runs, four home runs. Multi-hit games, 13 games, 13 games. Sorry, I said four home runs. I meant four multi-homer games. Uh, Runs scored, 2022, 
39, 2023, he had 41. And I got curious and I looked up, all right, when when was that 47th game last year? Because I know he spent some time on the IL. Like Last year, his 47th game was on May 31st. I looked this year, his 47th game was on May 31st. And I'm like, okay, speaking of black holes, what's going on here? How is this possible? Was, was he getting extra days off? Did the great Jason Stark mess up when he said, you know, the time on the IL is going to cost him? No, I forgot. The baseball season started late last year because of the lockout. The so lockout basically thing. everybody got a little 10-day stint on the IL to start the season, but then they made it up later. So yeah, he's, he's not on pace to, to get to 62 again. But my goodness, I mean, just a lot of times you do see those guys, they get the big contract. But I guess this is just sort of refer to the work that we have on the Athletic Day today uh, on the podcast. But I was, I was reading Eno Saris's article where he talked to Marcus Simeon and a couple of other guys about how um, it's difficult to change teams. That first year with a new team, you're still finding your routine. In Simeon's case, it was his kid's first year in school. So he's getting home at midnight. He's waking up at 630 because that's really the only time he gets to see his kids. He's taking them to school. But statistics show that if that big contract comes and you stay, your statistical numbers are generally more in line with what you've done the rest of your career. A lot of guys, when they switch teams, that'll dip. So, you know, if Aaron Judge signs with the Giants, do these numbers dip? I don't know. That's a hypothetical that we're just never going to know the answer to. But yeah, you're right. Secure the bag. And then he's just doing exactly the same thing with the exception of uh, a slight little stint on the IL. That catch that he made. So this is going to be difficult to explain on a podcast where people can't see and I can't just sort of hold my my phone screen up to your ears. But if you weren't watching, it's the eighth inning. Uh, the Yankees are up 5-3. J.D. Martinez hits a, a, a liner to the, to the wall. Aaron Judge basically plays Kool-Aid man, crashes through the right field gate and into the, the Yankees dugout or the Yankees bullpen, I think is what he was banging into there. My favorite part of this is there was a guy sitting in a chair. I couldn't tell if it was a backup catcher, bullpen catcher, relief pitcher, what, sitting in a chair. And if you watch in slow motion, the gate that Judge bangs into, you've got an entire Hulk worth of, of momentum crashing into this gate. And it slams open. Basically, the corner of the gate hits the chair right between this guy's knees. I mean, if he had been a foot to either side, that could have been really, really bad. Like that level of momentum, just banging an entire gate smack. Like if you've ever, as a kid, I used to do this and it's horrible and I'm sorry. I would be in the passenger seat of the back seat, and I would be like, oh, I'll open the door for my little brother. And then at the last second, I would just open it really fast and the door would bang into my brother and he'd fall down. And it was just, just horrible. Brothers are horrible to each other. But it would have been that but much, much bigger, just banging into this bullpen catcher. I don't know how he didn't fall down. It hit it hit the chair. Uh, this is probably not great audio because I'm trying to describe something that you can't see. But go back. Go back and watch it in slow-mo and watch this person, this unidentified Yankees uh, member of the, of the traveling squad who just takes that blow and does not fall down and is not injured. But it was so close. It could have been bad. Could have been so much worse than just Aaron Judge stubbing his toe. I've said on here before that the uh, the reds and blues of StatCast can be sort of like caveman analysis sometimes. It's like we think we're being real uh, real new age, and, and in reality, it's we're, we're not exactly reading things properly. Uh, but if you look at the reds, I mean, just look at the reds on Aaron Judge's page. When I say that we were promised like uh, like that he could he never repeat this, I don't actually mean that. I mean, he's been who he's been since the start of his career. He's a guy who hits the ball ridiculously hard 
all the time. He uh, he walks a lot. He's gonna strike out a lot, but he's gonna be uh, like just like a maximum damage offensive player. And yet he's doing some things this year where he's continuing to take steps forward. And so when when I say we were promised to step back, I really mean. You almost look at it like the uh, you know Giancarlo paradox, where you figure this guy, big, beefy slugger, is going to start falling apart, won't be able to put together 140, 150 game seasons, and judges for the most part been able to do that while being six eight and hitting the ball a million miles an hour. This year he is uh, he has the highest average exit velo of his career. His barrel rates up to thirty percent, which if you listen to rates and barrels and hear you know one time, he'll tell you like ten percent barrel rate. I like that. Anything you know above ten, I'm into that. So he's doing three times that. And uh, like I said, he gets on base all the time. His his chase rate is better than it's ever been in his career. So like you see the evolution of this guy. He's still going to strike out because he swings his, uh, out of his shoes. But if you can eliminate the chasing at horrible pitchers pitches the sky obviously already was a limit for this guy but even at 31 we're seeing growth from from a player who um oh ooh, terrible punt had really hit his growth spurt years ago hey steven the mets are mid let's uh, preview a series looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. At the risk of uh, taking the low-hanging fruit, we are going to preview the Mets and the Braves because that's an important series in the NL East. Uh, we expected the Mets to be much, much better than they are. Instead, they've been streaky. We have to look at the average with the Mets because there are days that they look like the Mets we expected. There are also days that they look like, I don't know, the Nationals. Like it's They, they will win a few in a row. They'll lose a few in a row. But, I mean, look at this. So Team OPS, uh, batting average runs, hits, they're somewhere between 17th and 22nd in the league. You look at their defense, all of the defensive stats have them almost exactly in the middle. Pitching stats, 16th in runs, 29th in pitcher war, 18th in strikeouts, 8th in team ERA, so that's not too bad. The only thing that they do well is not strike out at the plate. They have the third fewest strikeouts in baseball as a lineup. That's it. Everything else is super mid, and man... Like how much longer do they have to figure it out? That's a that's a very expensive roster. Uh, they're not going to sell, right? No, I don't think they can. But how hard do you go to buy with this roster? I don't know. Like, are you really going to speaking like college football language? Are you going to recruit over starting Marte? You know, like, are you going to bring in an outfielder that's going to start ahead of him? Are you going to say? You know, we can't have Tommy Pham starting out here anymore. Oh, he's actually been one of their better hitters for much of this way. So you're not going to 
probably, you know, get a new second baseman and go to hedge. So I, I don't know where, where they add here other than saying you can never have enough pitching because they've, they're, they're testing that limit. They've gone out and got all the pitching possible. And, you know, they've gotten some better performance of late. And in reality, they're, they're a 500 team right now. They're not out of it. I mean, look at the team ahead of them right now. We'll get to them later. The Marlins are in a playoff position. If you hunt down the Marlins, maybe you have a chance to, to be right in that playoff picture as well. So they're not out of it. But this is not a lineup that scares anybody. And you would have figured for that at that price point and with this with this rotation they've put together, you'd you'd have a pretty potent team. And uh, now you're seeing, you know, just on Sunday, Kodai Senga lasted only two and two thirds, five walks, just like a weird outing, got banged around and they they took the loss. It's just been a really unsatisfactory season. And uh, even the, the bright spots like David Robinson's been great. Well they he cracked the other day and losing a game in the ninth inning. So a strange season so far for them. Still plenty of time to salvage it, but they need to hit their stride. And meanwhile, the Braves are ticking right along despite ha- having Kyle Wright, not having Max Freed. You know, they lost one uh, to Merrill Kelly and the D-backs, but then behind Strider on Saturday and then a grand slam on Sunday from Eddie Rosario, they, they take that series. And the Braves are still in a good position. They're still in a great position in, in a division that never makes sense. Yeah, like how good are the Braves that they lost two out of three to a historically bad Oakland A's team? And we're still looking at the division going, eh, okay, that's fine. <laughs> like not, not a huge deal. Anyone else loses two out of three. Any of, any of the other division leaders lose two out of three. And we're like, oh, they might not be for real. The Braves, the Braves are fine. They're fine. What, four and three in their last uh, seven games over the last week? If this is their swoon, that's still a winning record. They're fine. Yeah, let me segue into into my series of the my favorite series of the week, which is kind of tongue in cheek, but it has to do with with the same division. It's the the Marlins hosting the Royals. This is not a, a clash of titans. However, it's kind of time that we take the Marlins seriously, even though they have was looking this up earlier the uh, for the power rankings. They have the third worst run differential in the National League, but on the flip side, they are on eight three eight and three run, three and a half back of the Braves, and they're in a wild card spot as of right now. They came from behind on Sunday to beat the A's despite like a really rocky early early going for Sandy Alcantara. And now they get the Royals. So the two worst teams in the in the AL back to back and they have a chance to really make some moves here. I mean what if the the Mets put a foot down and take two of three from the Braves and then the Marlins are able to sweep the series. You know, they're making waves. I don't know if it makes any logical sense, but when you have Luis Arise batting 392 with a 445 OBP, that's uh, pretty insane stuff past the a third of the way into the season. I saw a tweet from Codify saying the last big leaguer with a higher batting average after playing 54 games, this was on Saturday, in a regular season was Chipper Jones in 08. This is not normal stuff to be batting almost 400 at this point in the season. So the Marlins, again, I would not bet on them to make the postseason, but right now they're, they're certainly putting the pressure on the Braves in a way the Mets and Phillies have been incapable of. I think the big surprise for me with the Marlins has been Jesus Sanchez. Like in 172 games before this year, he was hitting 221. He had a 714 OPS, like marginally a big leaguer. Now, I mean, it's the Marlins. They kind of fly under the radar, but I'm looking, this is before Sunday's game, hitting 317. He's got a 964 OPS, which is actually even higher than Arias. Uh, dude's having a breakout year. And you got to have guys like that if you're going to be a team that that exceeds expectations. Uh, meanwhile, in the Royals, I looked at a trend. And there are going to be a lot of teams looking for bullpen arms this year. And obviously, Roldis Chapman is a guy that is going to go somewhere, probably. Uh, but there are two guys, Carlos Hernandez and Daniel Lynch. Their ERAs aren't pretty. Hernandez is 476. Lynch is 435. But Hernandez is striking out 12.1 
per nine, Lynch 11.3, and their FIP 283 for Hernandez, 222 for Lynch. So the Royals obviously not going to you know make a playoff run this year, but for teams that are looking for bullpen arms, that might be that might be where you start shopping if the White Sox don't want to blow up their team. Uh, my my series this uh, week again not an overly like overwhelming series. The Tigers and the Phillies, but they have pretty very similar records, but completely different vibes, right? The Tigers. Uh, I'm trying to look up their records. They're 26 and 30 plus whatever they did Sunday. The Phillies are 26 and 32 plus Sunday. The Tigers are like, oh, heck yes, this is amazing. And also we're playing in a division where like, that's fine. We're still within striking distance. Meanwhile, the Phillies are like, uh, we're eight games out. We're going to have to come back. This is really bad. This is not what we hoped to happen. So it's weird how you can have the same record as another team, but just completely, completely different vibes. I say good vibes in Detroit. Also now Riley Green is on the IL. Eduardo Rodriguez is probably going to miss... A fair amount of time. They've got four guys on their active roster with sub 200 batting averages. And I, I know batting average is like a, a caveman stat to use, but maybe, I don't know, enjoy the good vibes while they last because injuries of that, of that ilk tend to make things a little more difficult. Speaking of injuries in Philadelphia, they've got like the curse of the first baseman, right? Because Reese Hoskins is out for the year. Alec Baum takes over first base. Now he's going to be out for a little while. We had talked earlier in the year about Bryce Harper playing first base, but he's not going to be cleared to do that until the All-Star break. So right now it's uh, Cody Clemens, which if you're trying to go win the NL East with Cody Clemens as your first baseman, God bless him. He is a big leaguer, but your third string first baseman. Uh, and then the two other people that jumped out to me were uh, just Kyle Schwarber, who's hitting 167, even though he still mashes the ball. And then Jeff Hoffman, who came out of nowhere. He's got an 084 ERA after all these years toiling on the Rockies uh, being just very, I hate to use this Gen Z word multiple times in one podcast, but being very mid for most of his career. Now he's a very good relief pitcher. So that'll be interesting to watch. Cody Clemens with his, uh, his, his Tigers homecoming here. Uh, who would who would expected he was going to be the big part of that trade that has kind of worked out for both sides, honestly, uh, this off season. Yeah. Last thing on the Tigers rotation uh, is in tatters. Uh, they are waiting for all of their promising guys to come back from injury, but Reese Olsen getting a chance uh, in that rotation, interested to see where he goes with things uh, because they've gotten some probably better than expected results. I think around that, that pitching staff and uh, real opportunity for him to take hold and, you know, declare that he's going to be part of that rotation of the future. All right, Levi, it's time to make our Homer Chase picks for the week. Let me update everybody. In our cumulative season-long Homer Chase, we had uh, we had a we had a draw this week, but uh, Spencer Steer got one homer for me. Jordan Alvarez one for you, but I'm going to take that as a W because yeah, listen, I had Steer, you expect him you to have more. Yeah. I know, yeah, I know. So. The season total so far is Nesbitt seven. Uh, Levi has five, so you're two behind there, but a little happier uh, time for you. Let's do a quick uh, update before we make our picks. Uh, the arms race recap: Tanner Bybee versus Joe Ryan was our uh, actually Guardians Twins head to head over the weekend. This is my favorite part of the show, by the way, because I don't know what's <laughs> going to happen. This is a surprise well, to me every week. As we do every time, let me just read the line and we'll we'll have you guess which was better. Tanner Bybee went out five innings, six hits, three earned runs, one walk, six strikeouts. And on the other side, Joe Ryan had six and a two-thirds innings, two hits, two runs, one walk, and four strikeouts. Oh, I definitely win. You definitely win. This one isn't even in fan graphs yet, so I went and did the, you know, by hand calculation. You pulled out your abacus and figured this out on your own. 
And the way I had it drawing up was 52 to 47, which is way closer than I would expect. So I may have done that wrong, but definitely, uh, definitely Joe Ryan's coming out ahead. So Levi's got a four. I've got zero. I don't know what where skunking is in this game, but we're we may reach that point where we, I'm just trying to shoot the moon here. So give me your give me your Homer Chase pick. All right, so I'm losing in the Homer Chase, so I'm doing it. I'm taking the easy one. Actually, wait, wait, wait. No, what if Aaron Judge's foot is hurt? I was gonna pick Aaron Judge. Uh, I'm going to give him some time to get healthy, actually. So the Mets give up the third most home runs in the sport. I, I'm i pulling an audible, and I'm changing it at the last minute. I'm taking Ronald Acuna. Nice. No, I like that one, actually. I'm going to take uh, the guy you had last week. I'm going Yoran Alvarez. I think he's got more in the tank, and we're going to get a three-homer week coming right up. If Alvarez produces for you and doesn't produce for me, I'm I'm calling Rangers bias here. All right, that'll do it. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to producer Brian for waiting us out and keeping us uh, in line here. You can find our work all week long at theathletic.com. Subscribe to The Athletic for $2 per month for the first year at theathletic.com slash baseball show. Sign up for the windup, the day... Sign up for the windup, the Athletics Daily Baseball Newsletter with Levi and Ken Rosenthal for absolutely free. Later in your feed, Rangers GM Chris Young, the very tall man. Visit Starkville talking the Red Hot Rangers with Jason Stark and Doug Glanville. You're not going to want to miss that. Give us a follow on Twitter. Levi is at 32EFIS and I'm at Stephen J. Nesbitt. The two of us will be back on Thursday with more of What's on Deck. And ghosts. <laughs>